a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, which means I share stories with you of sex in the news. And it's going to be a little lighthearted at first, uh, just to share with you some of the crazy things that people do. There's always something, right? Uh, We'll talk about uh, dog fishing, on-again, off-again relationships, why they happen, and the science of sexting in committed relationships. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. You know, you can always email me your questions to laurie at drlaurie.com. We are one week away from our big 20th anniversary party, which will be taking place here at the radio station on August 23rd. So that's next Friday. It's an event that is uh, by invitation only because space is limited. So I'm giving away tickets every single night. If you would like to go, text me with your name uh, and tell me why you would like to go to the uh, Big Passion Party uh, next weekend, 514-800. It's going to be an amazing evening, uh, lots of fun. We're going to have performances by Stephen Voice, Melissa Plett, and Dolly Blonde. Uh, all of our, uh, or many of our regular contributors will be there. They'll have name tags, so you'll be able to spot them out and talk to them or ask them questions or, or what have you. The whole thing will be emceed by our very own Dan Laxer. There'll be a couple of booths also that we call them our exploration booths uh, where our kink panel will bring some some of their uh, uh, toys and uh, be able to talk with you about whatever well you can ask them whatever you want we'll also have uh, a booth where there'll be sex toys that you can ask questions about we'll have Eric Waugh who's a world-renowned artist who's going to be doing a live painting for us we're going to play dirty minds with our audience as well and you can win some fabulous uh, prizes plus we'll do our regular broadcast where Paris Mansory will be interviewing me but you will have a chance to ask whatever questions you have of me uh, so uh, it'll be a, a bit different than how uh, we, we do uh, passion every single night uh, we are going to have uh, a dessert reception sponsored by cook and date a beautiful cake by les délices Lafrenet. i told them to make it real sexy so we'll see what a sexy cake looks like uh, we also have uh, a wonderful beer sponsor uh, peroni um, we're going to be tasting their peroni nastro azzurro beer it's a high-end italian lager Uh, You can find them at PeroniItaly.com, so I'm excited about that as well. Plus, we have uh, Pop and Balloons, who will be decorating uh, the venue. And uh, we've got all kinds of prizes to give away. And everybody who comes gets a gift bag as well. So we're really, I'm really looking forward to this. It's a a momentous uh, event at least for me and and I guess for uh, for radio it's kind of fun to be able to celebrate with listeners and many of my listeners many of you have been listening for many many years some of you have written to me saying you've been with me since the beginning so that's uh that really warms my heart and would love to would love to meet you in person 514-800 to text in let me know if you'd like to go to the event and we'll pick some names um 
throughout the program or towards the end of the program. All right, couple of texts. Uh, I was a widower, married for 37 years, started dating three years ago after she passed away. The women I started dating asked me to get tested. I think this person wrote in response to last night's text, which was about uh, somebody who was a virgin who wanted uh, her partner to uh, to be tested and he was like saying well you know I, I'm clean kind of thing right uh, I did and we were married last year I was 60 and she was 52 as for oral sex I believe in satisfying the woman first then it's my turn well, that's a way to go uh, hey Lori when my partner comes inside me I tend to feel nauseous sometimes is this normal I do take a contraceptive I'm, I don't think that it's related to the contraceptive unless you feel nauseous at other times, but I'm wondering, are you sensitive to sperm? Some women are actually allergic, believe it or not, uh, to sperm. Their bodies kind of reject the sperm. So it could, that could be it. That's causing this, this feeling of nausea. I say, ask your gynecologist next time you are, uh, you have an appointment with your gynecologist, ask specifically that question or look up allergy to sperm and see if that is one of the, uh, symptoms could be. Texter writes, at age 61, I do not have premature ejaculation. I have delayed ejaculation. Uh, yes, and in fact, when I see premature ejaculators, I tell them, look, as you get older, it will change. It will get longer and longer uh, to, uh, to orgasm. That's uh, perfectly normal. It just The thing is, as you get older, you need more direct stimulation and you need a longer stimulation often in order to, uh, to be able to orgasm. So that is a, a normal part of the aging process. And it's the same thing for men as well, uh, for women as well. They need more direct stimulation of the clitoris and sometimes it can take uh, longer. It's also at, at 61, you also don't absolutely need to ejaculate every time you have sex. So sometimes a partner doesn't quite understand that or you keep at it until you say like, I, I got to get there. You don't got to get there. It's not, you can be satisfied and enjoy the, the, the moment and enjoy the sexual activity without actually having to, uh, to orgasm. Uh, hello, Dr. Laurie. I've been having oral sex with my uh, female partner for a few years. She's in her mid forties. Her taste and smell are always great until the last time. The smell and taste were chemical like and not very appealing. What causes such a change in just a few days and, and first in a few years to be so different? So anything could, um, uh, like unbalance the pH level in a woman's vagina. Could be that she has some kind of infection. Um, it, I don't, I mean, you say it's a chemical smell. Usually infection is like a very foul kind of smell, but it could just be the pH level is different. Some, it could be at the time of the month. It could be a medication that your partner is taking. Uh, I, I mean, a lot of things can, can change that and could affect the smell and uh, and taste for sure I'm happily married uh, have three kids and love my wife what can I do if after 15 years together 
we have very different comfort levels when it comes to sex in our relationship. I want to experiment and try new things within my relationship. I feel this need is not the same for my wife. What can I do? That's a really good question that's often brought up to me. Uh, you know, sometimes after in a long-term relationship, things can get a little... Uh, they can be good, uh, still very good, but sometimes a bit boring or same old, same old. Like you just have the urge to change things up and actually to maintain uh, desire and an active uh, sex life, it's important to change things up a bit. So, you, But you need to have good sexual communication with your partner. See, maybe the idea of sex toys is too much for her or... Um, you know, sometimes it's like you have to ease your partner into being able to uh, try new things, maybe going to a sex shop together or reading a book together. Well, I wrote my book, The Sex Bible for People Over 50, for couples to read together to give them ideas and to be able to discuss some of the um, the other, the, the different kinds of things that they can do uh, in the bedroom. So reading together and talking about what you're reading is actually a, a very good, uh, good place to start. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Don't forget to text me with your name if you would like to go to our event next Friday night. Are you free next Friday night from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m.? You can be in our live studio audience while we broadcast the show, but there's a party the hours, a couple of hours before the show. Would love to have you there. All you have to do is text in uh, with your name, 514-800. Tell me why you'd like to be there. A Canadian bride was forced to call off her wedding as her guests did not pay for the extravagant wedding she had dreamed of. God, this is the uh, the chutzpah of this person. So this bride wanted this huge, beautiful fairy tale wedding, Kim Kardashian style, and she decided to seek help from her guests. Okay, so. Basically, she wanted her guests to fund her ceremony, so she asked for money. But guess what? She actually told them how much she wanted. She asked everybody to uh, basically uh, chip in $1,500 each to attend the wedding. And she said this was a reasonable request. Of course, guess what? Uh, no, uh, her guests did not think so. And she only got a few replies with a couple of checks. Then she, uh, forwarded a harsh note to all her friends and family, informing them about the cancellation of her wedding just four days before the big day. She writes, dear friends, it comes with great sadness that I am announcing the cancellation of the wedding. I apologize for canceling only four days beforehand. Um, furthermore, the letter stated that the bride and groom have broken up due to some recent and irreparable problems. And so she had to call off her fairy tale wedding because her guests refused to pay a sum of $1,500 each as a gift. Can you believe that? So they, they had saved up $15,000 for their big day. 
The whole thing was to cost around $60,000, and this is what she wanted. She said uh, she wanted an extravagant, extravagant blowout wedding, and uh, she said, I specifically, I mean specifically, asked for cash gifts. How could we have our wedding that we dreamed of without proper funding? We'd sacrifice so much and only asked, only asked each guest for around $1,500. And this is all posted online. Like, this is nuts, no? Um, justifying the reasonable nature of her demand, the woman, Susan, continued, so our request for $1,500 for all other guests was not effing out of the ordinary. Like, we made it clear. If you couldn't contribute, you weren't invited to our exclusive wedding. It's once-and-a-lifetime party course after sending out the invitations only eight guests rsvp'd with uh their check of fifteen hundred dollars she says we were effing livid you're livid what what planet are you on what planet anyway they ended up i guess calling off the wedding and the uh relationship what do you think about this like i think this is absurd yes as this person says you must be mad ego exactly ego how narcissistic is this woman that she thinks that you should be funding this and fifteen hundred dollars per person so she could have the wedding of her dreams come on Oh boy, some women are just nuts. There's a couple more nutty women stories I have for you, and I don't mean to pick on women. It's just that these are the stories that came out uh, this week. A Louisiana woman told investigators the methamphetamine allegedly found inside her vagina did not belong to her. (laughs) This woman, 23, was accused on July 31st of stealing $5,000 from a man she'd been staying with for about a week. The man told a police officer that she had swiped his cash off his dresser and left while he was showering. Then a female correctional officer conducted a consensual search and she found a clear plastic bag inside her vagina containing $6,000 of cash and approximately one gram of meth. She confessed to swiping the money, but denied ownership of the drugs. Okay. She denied ownership of the drugs. They're in her vagina. What could be the possible explanation? There, somebody put them there without her knowledge. They drugged her, then put it there. Like really? Well, what could be her explanation? Some people are just crazy. Some women are doing this crazy thing. They're doing, you know, every, it seems like the last few weeks we're talking about what women put in their vaginas, these trends. Okay, just baseline, please. Don't put anything in your vagina. That's it. That doesn't belong there. Uh, so there is a new bizarre trend and get it's putting ground up, get this, wasp nests. And why do women put these wasp nests in their vaginas? Apparently to tighten and rejuvenate it. Of course, doctors are warning women against it, but they're actually selling these online. They're called oak oak galls, which are nests that house 
wasp eggs before they hatch. The retailers claim that the oak galls have natural properties to clean female genitals. Female genitals are already clean. They are a self-cleaning organ, okay? Uh, the product is reportedly crushed into a paste and applied topically with one listing on Etsy claiming that it can even improve a woman's sex life. Of course, these claims are all bogus. They are also being advertised as helping to heal episiotomy cuts, rejuvenate the uterine wall, and clean out the vagina after childbirth, although it comes with warnings that it could burn when applied. A gynecologist, of course, is warning women not to fall prey for the new trend after branding it dangerous, saying the practice is using drying agents to tighten the vagina. On her blog, she says this product follows the same dangerous pathway of other traditional, so to speak, vaginal practices, meaning tightening and drying the vagina, which is both medically and sexually undesirable. Drying the vaginal mucosa increases the risk of abrasions during sex, of course that's not good, and destroys the protective mucus layer, again, not good. It could also wreak havoc with the good bacteria. In addition to causing pain during sex, it can increase the risk of HIV transmission. This is a dangerous practice with real potential to harm. So please do not buy this product. She says it's just one more BS message about vaginal health. It's no wonder there are so many useless and or harmful products on drugstore shelves designed to dry and clean vulvas and vaginas. So do not put dried up wasps nests in your vagina. I feel pretty confident in offering that up as medical advice and for goodness sakes, don't tell Gwyneth Paltrow. She let bees sting her face so she might be all over vaginal Vespa therapy. So that's the official name, uh, vaginal Vespa therapy. Has the world gone mad? This is crazy. People will try just about anything. And it's not just women who are shoving things up there. You're talking about men who buy all kinds of products because uh, there's plenty sold to men as uh, enhancers and they they really go after sensitivities, right? They want to get the ones that are vulnerable or feeling insecure about their virility or their, their, uh, just the way they look or the penis size, especially penis size. They really go after those. So in another crazy wedding story, uh, a man, this is the headline, man divorces wife because she won't stop texting her mates on their wedding night. Do you think it sounds like a good marriage? A Saudi man gave up on his marriage after just one night when he discovered that his wife would rather text her friends than spend the night with her groom. Um, the groom tried to get closer with her and more intimate, but he was shocked when she ignored him, not responding to his words and actions. When he asked her if her friends were more important than he was, the bride answered that they were. Uh, the man then stormed off and the couple have since uh, been divorced. Now, I don't know if this was an arranged marriage, what kind of marriage doesn't sound like she was all that into this marriage. I got to tell you, makes no sense whatsoever. 
Uh, coming up on again, off again relationships. Have you uh, ever been in one of those that you break up, get back together, break up, get back together? We'll talk about that coming up next. with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Don't forget to let me know if you would like to attend our big uh, bash next week, uh, next Friday evening. We're going to have a live broadcast in front of a studio audience, but we're also going to have a party. I just want to thank some of our uh, wonderful sponsors, Cook and Date, uh, Peroni, who is our beer sponsor, Les Delices Lafrenet, Poppin' Balloons, 360 Punch, Capino Physio and Wellness Center, Private Trainer Lauren Huberman, Vivaldi's, Del Frisco's, Otavio's, WeVibe, Wicked, Shunga, Aneros, uh, and uh, we've got more. More prizes, lots of stuff going to happen that night. So let me know if you would like to attend at 514-800, and uh, we'll put you in our draw tonight. All right, this new dating trend, dog fishing. You know what that means? When online daters pose with adorable pets that are not theirs. Why do people do that? Clearly, we have a bit of a cultural obsession with dogs uh, on the apps, and this has spiraled into another problem. Daters are posting photos of dogs they do not own. Why? To attract matches. So dog fishing sounds like a lie. Is it a lie? Would you call it a lie? I mean, they did take a photo with the dog. It you know, it's not really a lie because you're not saying this is my dog, but the assumption is really uh, there. It's a veiled form of deception. And um, so basically that's what they're doing. People are borrowing dogs because they know that uh, they are more likely to get swiped on on a dating app if they are with a dog. Uh, some what well, this one person says uh, faking dog ownership suggests that a person has nurturing qualities, especially men. A 2014 survey of Match.com users showed that on their site, more women sought out men who have dogs than the other way around. Sometimes women subconsciously equate things like how a man treats his dog is how he would treat a partner. Um, but so in the online dating world, when the search for a partner is boiled down to quick swipes, that first impression matters even more than in, in real life. So this is a way to, let's just say, get your foot in the door. It's called dog fishing, not cool to pretend. And what happens when you get together and you start talking about dogs, right? Oh, I have a dog. Oh, you like dogs? Oh, tell me about your dog. And then, so the Im- immediately the date begins on a lie. Oh no, that wasn't really that wasn't my dog. You know, I just posed with that that dog. And then you kind of feel deceived, and that uh, that doesn't really build trust right off the top. Uh, Texter writes in uh, about the Bridezilla story in regards to the wedding at $1,500. This Bridezilla asks her guests to contribute $1,500 each if they want to come to her wedding because she wants the wedding of her dreams. Guess what? Eight people on her guest list. I can't even believe eight people did it, but they did, uh, gave her that money. And so she canceled 
the wedding. Uh, this person says, wow, does not make sense. Most expensive Italian weddings don't go past 150 bucks per person. Really? What planet is she from? Yeah. What planet is she from? God knows what she, uh, what she was planning for her wedding. Kardashian style. She wanted is what she, uh, she said. On again, off again, relationships. Why do they happen? So I want to share a little bit of research that uh, reveals the pull of cyclical relationships, which, by the way, are fairly frequent. Recent data obtained in a survey of 279 same-sex and 266 different-sex couples suggest that about a third of lesbian, gay, and heterosexual relationships have at some point broken up and renewed their relationship. Are you one of those one third in that statistic? So why do people repeatedly return to the same relationship when it doesn't seem to be working? Is it something magnetic about the relationship? Is it something about certain people or is it something altogether different? What, what structural forces might encourage people to be together and prevent them from easily living. So this uh, article is talking about, well, what's the pull, right? They're looking at the research. So a growing body of research has tried to figure out why people renew their relationships after breaking up. And here's what uh, the summary of the research on it. Uh, relationships with a cycling history are of lower quality than non-cyclical relationships, which kind of uh, makes sense because they don't ever resolve anything. They just keep going back and they're, you know, in their dysfunctionality, basically, uh, lingering feelings, restart relationships after a breakup, feelings of love, nostalgia, and concern for a former partner, uh, can continue. And for some people, these lingering feelings are enough to try and renew the relationship. The evidence also suggests that cyclical relationships are less effective at meeting people's intimacy, emotional, sexual, and companionship needs compared to relationships with no breakup history. Uh, loneliness, of course, may be a motivator because, of course, leaving a relationship often means entering a phase with less available companionship. And for some people, the desire not to be alone is motivation enough to get back with a former partner and how people view sex could be part of the story. Some evidence suggests that people in cyclical relationships place a higher value on the passion and the sexual component of their relationship than people in non-cyclical relationships. So they are going back because the sex was hot or was good, uh, but not thinking about the, uh, the rest of it. But you know, that's only one element of a relationship. What happens to all the rest of it? Um, far more uh, important. So, um, I mean, they still need they still need research to know about the reasons why people are involved in these uh, cyclical relationships. And as this article points out, the reasons do not seem to rest on individual differences in relationship expectations given no observed differences in attachment orientations and, and all that stuff. So not, not how close they felt or what have you. Um, but they think that studies should focus on what happens after 
a breakup. So flingering feelings and need for companionship are reported reasons for why people renew. Maybe some people experience breakups differently than others. So maybe some, there are individual differences in how people manage rejection and how they navigate, uh, their loneliness. So it might say much more about the individual than it is, uh, about the relationship. Maybe it would be better or easier for some people to stay not so great relationships than to have to be, um, alone, right? So that's all part of it as well. Coming up, I want to talk about the science of sexting. We often hear sexting when we, uh, or we talk about sexting in dating relationships, but guess what? Sexting happens in committed relationships. So if you're married, you're listening to me, you're married, you're in a long-term relationships. Do you ever sext with your partner sending, uh, you know, half nudie pictures or erotic pictures to each other or uh, talking dirty by text to each other? I want to hear your thoughts on this. This is Passion on CJAD 800. Got a few minutes left, uh, so uh, if you want to uh, attend our party next week, send me, uh, tell me why you'd like to go and give me your name. Text me, 514-800. The science of sexting in committed relationships, so talking about the research that uh, says here four things that sex research teaches us about sexting our romantic partners. So of course, when the whole um, uh, thing about sexting came up, this whole trend, researchers started looking at this, focusing on the potential risk, the harm involved. In other words, like teenagers pressured into sending nude photos or uh, adults compulsively sexting outside of their relationships, like as a form of cheating, for example. But over time, some sexting researchers have argued that sexting can occur in healthy and perhaps even relationship enhancing ways when it occurs between consenting adults. What do you think about that? Uh, so when we discuss sexting, it's often in the context of hooking up or the early stages of dating, but we don't talk about it so much in longer term, uh, committed, uh, partnerships and, and relationships. So people who are in long-term relationships and people who are married also report engaging in, uh, sexting. I'm just wondering if you have, uh, here are four key findings from the sexual science of sexting in committed relationships. We do sext, but we sext less in committed uh, relationships. The researchers' findings suggest that while some married adults in their sample reported engaging in sexting, it was less common than what is typically reported by those in young adult relationships. Uh, while studies tend to show that around eight out of 10 or even nine out of 10 individuals in the adult population report sexting, just under a third of married participants indicated that they had uh, done so. So 29% of married and living together participants reported sending sexts that consisted mainly of sexy or intimate talk, and only 12% reported sending nude or nearly nude photos to their partner. 
Um, I have no problem, by the way, with sexting with a long-term partner. I think it is definitely, uh, an, it, it's part of foreplay, really. Um, sending romantic, erotic, uh, having those conversations with your partner uh, can is, is really a part of foreplay. Uh, number two, another finding. Sometimes we lie to our partner when we sext. One third of the people who had ever had a committed relationship and approximately half of those currently in a committed relationship that involves sexting indicated that they had lied to their partners during sexting, for example, about what they were wearing, doing, or both. You know, if you send, if your partner sends you a, what are you wearing? And uh, oftentimes it's a lie, like, oh, I'm wearing this negligee when you're in your sweatpants, that kind of thing. Um, the authors found that most people in their sample indicated that they lied for their partner's sake, and women were more likely to lie during sexting than uh, men were. Also, our attachment style impacts how and if we sext our partners. So researchers uh, found that... Um, Text messaging, text, not sext. So text messaging was more common among those with secure attachments. Sexting was more common among participants who had an insecure attachment styles and particularly those with higher attachment avoidance. So, that, I mean, I know this is a bit theoretical, but uh, it's, t it's more about insecurities is really what, what attachment styles will show you. Um, uh, the other thing is sexting doesn't appear to impact relationship satisfaction. So people in committed relationships who are sexting, it doesn't really make a difference in terms of their relationship uh, quality. So the takeaway is that research may not suggest that sexting impacts our overall relationship satisfaction, but it can offer a potentially fun and different way of connecting and flirting with our romantic partners, even after long gone are those date first dating days. So do you sext with your long-term partner? Uh, this texter writes, for me, I feel sexting is something that downgrades the value of sex in a couple. Why would you feel that it downgrades it? I don't see how, um, I really think between two people who are in a committed relationship when they're not together, who are sending things back and forth that are slightly titillating, erotic, or what have you, is kind of like prepping for later on. Of course, if you get annoyed because your partner is doing that, well, that's a different story. Uh, then at that point, uh, it's a whole other thing. A last story I want to share with you is about gay penguins. Gay penguins, Skipper and Pink, Ping, are called exemplary parents after adopting an abandoned egg in the Berlin Zoo. So even penguins can be gay, and even penguins, two male penguins, can raise a little baby. Uh, it was a cute story. Very, very cute story. Okay. I think that's it. I want to congratulate, uh, John, Adam and Brent. I'm giving a lot of tickets today. So Brent, John and Adam, we will see you at our big event on August 23rd. I really hope to see you there. There's all our contributors or many of them are going to be there. So you'll be able to interact, network, talk to them, ask questions. We're going to have some amazing performances. 
This music that you hear as we as I fade out of your radio is Stephen Voice, and he's going to be performing uh, during our event, <clears throat> as will country singer Melissa Plett and <clears throat> the wonderful Dolly Blonde. Dan Laxer of CJD will be emceeing. We're going to have exploration booths. We're going to have food. We're going to have a dessert reception uh, with beer. We're going to have beer, Peroni, uh, Italian beer, Peroni Nastro Azzurro beer, high-end Italian lager. So uh, if you're a beer lover, I think uh, you're going to enjoy this uh, as well. And, of course, the whole place decorated by with balloons. Love balloons. Poppin' balloons will be doing that for us. Really looking forward to it and looking forward to meeting you. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me. Do appreciate it. Thank you to our technical producer tonight, Aaron Lakoff, to our passion researcher, Linda DeLisi. If you want to connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. All the news you need right here on this station. Have a great rest of the evening, a wonderful weekend, and remember to live your life with passion. Baby, just tap your feet, just dance.